Oh, I think uh, Kobe and Carolyn getting married is the best thing that happened in 2020. How many of you dug deeper into God in 2020 than maybe any other time of your life? Just raise your hand. Okay. That's why you're here. This faithfulness. I also want to capitalize on what Mark said. And my wife ended up posting on it. And uh, my son Josiah and I played it out. We were talking about 2020 as we were taking a walk. And uh, we were talking about 2020. And the first thing that came out was how awful it was. But that's a real negative way to look at any year where you're walking with Jesus because God is always with us and he's always doing something. And so we turned and said, okay, you got to, where, where was God in 2020? And then he said something. It was like one of the biggest things that's ever happened for him. I was like, dude, I was like, all right, I got one, you know, and he took one. I took one. It depends on how you're looking at any situation. When we walk with God, we always need to look at it through his lens as Mark taught brilliantly at the last service of 2020. Great message, Mark. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, if you want to give an offering, uh, a first fruits offering, first Sunday of the year, uh, you can do it online at gatheringplacechurch.org. Hit the give button on the top right hand. You can also text 84321. You can also give a physical offering in the basket at the uh, visitor center and uh, to our P.O. box. I also want to invite you to uh, tune into my vlog every day at noon. I get up every morning with my Bible, with a blank pad, and I seek Jesus for you. Especially through last year, I really felt like feeding God's people. That's, that's a shepherd's call is to feed, feed my sheep. That's what Jesus said to Peter, feed my sheep. Feed my lambs, feed my sheep. That's my primary responsibility is to feed you the Word of God. Not that you can't eat yourself, but my job is to continually bring to you word, the Word of God and words from God. And so every day, but we've been distanced physically, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do my job and feed you spiritual God food. And so I want to encourage you. I send it out in an email every day. It's, it's uh, you know, a new post by Jonator. And um, it's just about a three, five minute. You can read it or you can watch the video um and uh, and then every once in a while i do a congregational email which is separate and that's just a communication to you because there's people that are on my blog and are part of our spiritual community they're all over the place uh so i'll do a congregational email that's directly communicated to you but, um i want to give some great news today and it also ties into what i want to share with you today and that is uh the leadership has been in prayer and really trying to find a, another place for us to meet and uh, i believe we have found it and um, so starting next Sunday, we are going to meet at the Lexus building right off the 15 freeway in South Escondido. Does anybody not know where that is? Raise your hand. Say, I don't know where the Lexus building is in Escondido right off the 15. Just raise your hand. Anybody not know where it is? Look at that. Everybody knows where it is. All right. I got Ron. Ron's coming. All right. <laughs> okay. Now that's going to be an outdoor venue just like this, but it's going to be ours. And uh, they do weddings there. They do concerts there. Now, listen to this. This was so cool. Um, Mike and Mark Nelson um, dropped the seed regarding that because their office is right, right down the street from there. And uh, I wasn't so sure about it. But the more I prayed about it, and then when I uh, walked it this last week and met the general manager, 
I was really blown away at just sensing God on it. And um, in fact, one of the things the Lord said, I'm going to tell you what the Lord said to me about this year. And that is, he said, 2020 year is going to be a year of my favor. That's, that's when you say, Mufasa, and just shiver a little bit. A year of his favor. And as I was pulling off the off-ramp, um, on the off-ramp to go to the Lexus building, I've been on a four-day prayer retreat, praying for you and for our church and for God's purpose in the earth for 2021, which I'm going to share. It's a, it's a multifaceted message, beginning with his favor. I pulled off the ramp, and I was like, Lord, is this really you? And, you know, I'm not going to put all my eggs in this basket, but it was pretty cool that uh, how many of you know what the number for favor is or grace, same thing in the Bible? Anybody know what the number for grace is or favor in the Bible? Five. Five. Exactly. Yeah. And Francisco, you were prophesying this. Our last pre-service prayer last Sunday, right over here, you were saying that God told you this year is the year of grace, grace, grace. And, what's that? Rivers of grace. And he spoke to me the word favor, which in the Greek is the same word. So you and I are listening to the same God. <laughs> and so I'm getting off the freeway to see if this is a place for us. And my odometer said 55554. I said, if that thing turns to five, when I turn the corner here and go into this Lexus building, that's just going to be silly. Sure enough, I turn on to the Lexus, ding, five, 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 five. I was like, Lord, come on. And then I went into the building. I met the general manager, and he's a solid Christian. I said, what? I put him on the spot. I said, how did you grow as a Christian in 2020? And, you know, our leadership team is there, and he's like, oh, well, uh, he said, well, he said, first of all, there's a separation between cultural Christians and true believers. I was like, woo, preach it. And he said, and uh, knowing our identity as sons and daughters of the living God. I was like, come on. I mean, they, that Lexus building, the owner, uh, her husband died. And her and her husband built that Lexus building for the kingdom of God. Cars were second. They wanted it to be an outreach center for the region. So much so that at night, when everybody's gone, uh, the owner plays worship music throughout the building to draw the presence of God. And then you'll see when we're able to go indoors, because there's an indoor option. After we meet outdoors, when the COVID restrictions lift, we can slip right indoor. And they have great facilities for us to worship, a place for us to worship, places for the children, place for the youth. Oh, and by the way, we get to use their bathrooms too, starting next Sunday. So... <laughs> so we're going to go back to our 10 o'clock meeting time. The reason we're meeting here at 11 is because the, the, the bathrooms don't open until 12. Figured you could hold it for an hour. But uh, when we get into the Lexus building, we can go back to our 10 o'clock hour. The bathrooms are available to us. But um, at the ceiling of the Lexus building, you go inside, you look up. Mark and I were looking at this, and you can't see it right away. But once you see it, it's one of those kind of drawings, the paintings. But once you see it, you can't, you don't understand how you couldn't have seen it. You look up, right, in that ceiling of the Lexus building, right in the showroom, you look up, right at the top of the dome is the face of Jesus. <laughs> yeah, they're really serious about the Lord. And they have shown us tremendous favor. As I was speaking to him, 
I was just amazed at how he was saying yes to everything I asked, everything we need. They want it there. They want to partner with the church to reach out to the community. And um, so that, for me, is the beginning of God's favor on us. And so, uh, now look, for those of you that are wondering about the distance, I, uh, I um, chose members of our church from the north, south, east, and west of San Diego County. And I mapped out from your house to the Lexus building, all right? Just to calm any fears about us. Uh, you know, it's not like we're going to Ramona, okay? No. <laughs> Where you can roast pigs in your front yard and nobody cares. Just come on over and have some. I live in Ramona, by the way, for those of you that don't know. So, uh, for the Deminks, your 23-minute drive here turns into a 31-minute. So, you're talking about five extra difference. I can five, do 28. Five, amen. <laughs> the Baileyans who aren't here today, look, the Baileyans won't be They have 90 minutes to Orange County. Baileyans from the west over there. Uh, let's see where I put them. Their drive is seven minutes longer. You guys from 14 minutes to 21 minutes. Uh, let's see here. Julie and Toby, when you guys are able to join us, uh, you go from, uh, you're the longest one from uh, 15 to 25, so an extra 10 minutes, all right? But do you love Jesus? Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> the Hamiltons, you're the same. And uh, let's see. Uh, Amor and Adrena, yours, guys, is reduced by two minutes. The Jordans, coming out of Poway, uh, you have an extra three-minute drive to the Lexus building. The Mancinis, you guys get to save a minute. Come on. Let's see the Gronin dolls. The Gronin dolls coming from the deep south. Your drive 23 minutes here turns into a 28 minute there. It's only five extra minutes. And then the Atours save a minute coming down, which is the main reason why we're moving to the Lexus building. So, but more than all of that, I just feel God's favor on it. And uh, we're going to start reaching out to a new region, a new community. So tomorrow, or next Sunday, is going to be a soft opening where we just show and we get our P's and Q's and get our ducks in a row and figure it out. And and uh, and then we're going to start, you know, letting people know that that's where we are. And uh, I believe God's going to save some people. I think this is a part of what God said last year when he said, you're going to see my glory. I'm not putting a year and date on that. Not just out of convenience, because you see the kind of glory we expected last year. We saw a lot of darkness. The first part of Isaiah chapter uh, 60, verse 1 and 2, darkness will cover the earth, gross darkness to people, but the glory of the Lord will be seen upon you. Well, we certainly saw some glory on us, glory in us. God said his glory would be seen on his people, not on the world. And uh, Christians are becoming brighter. True followers of Jesus are, went deeper last year. His character is more developed in us. Our love for one another is stronger. Our love for Jesus is stronger. That's the glory of God. But I believe that the fullness of his glory is still yet to be revealed. It's spilling over to 2021. I think this is part of that. I, but what I believe he wants to do today, starting today, as part of his favor on us, is the fresh outpouring of his Holy Spirit. 
I want to talk to you this morning just for a little bit about the Holy Spirit. And then for everyone who wants a fresh infilling, I'm going to ask you to stand, come forward, and we're going to just release the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit do what only the Holy Spirit can do. Do you need a fresh infilling? I know you do. After 2020, we need a fresh infilling of the Spirit of God. Do you need more of His divine love flowing through your heart? You know, your heart is like a lump of clay. And when clay gets dry, it gets hard. And it's, it's not malleable. It can't be shaped. And there are all sorts of things that can make your heart hard. The way people treated you last year. Maybe the way you treated others and you feel shame about that. Maybe shame from sin. Maybe you just got distant from the Lord. Maybe you're angry about unanswered prayer or things that happened, losses you had, and your heart just gets hard. You've got to let the Holy Spirit pour His water on that lump of clay and soften that heart. I remember when I was in the art class in high school and how, you know, you leave your clay overnight and you, you put a damp cloth over it. When you come back, parts of it are dry and brittle and you got to pour water on it. you got to knead that clay until it gets nice and soft and malleable so you can make something beautiful out of it. That's what the Holy Spirit does to you in my heart. You and I can't cause our hearts to love God. You can't will your heart to love your enemies. You and I can't choose to have passion for the lost. That's all by the Holy Spirit. In fact, you know that without the Holy Spirit, there's no creation. There's no salvation. There's no supernatural healing. There's no hearing the voice of God. There's no voice of God without the Holy Spirit. Even Jesus himself in human form, Jesus, God in the flesh and his human nature could not do anything without the power of the Holy Spirit. Did you know that? Even Jesus needed the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Did you see that? When Jesus came to get water baptized by, by John, John said, I saw the Spirit descend upon Jesus. And then Jesus said this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to preach and to heal and to set free and to liberate. Come on. And then he says in the book of John, as he, after he was crucified, risen from the dead by the Holy Spirit, the Bible says Jesus was risen from the dead by the Holy Spirit, nothing on earth from heaven nothing not a thing not a god thought not a god desire not a healing not a miracle nothing happens without the holy spirit jesus said as the father has sent me in the same way he sent me where god anointed jesus with the holy spirit and power who went about doing good healing all who were oppressed by the devil for god was with him that's what the book of Acts chapter 10 says. As the Father sent me, so send I you. And then he said, receive what? What did he receive? Say it out loud. The master shout it. The Holy Spirit. As the Father sent me, the Son of God is saying, I couldn't do it without the Holy Spirit. You can't do it without the Holy Spirit. Don't even try. Don't even start. In fact, he told them, sit right here until the power from on high comes upon you. Don't even go out and try to preach a sermon. Don't try to witness to anybody. Don't do anything. Just sit and wait. Because Jesus was waiting for the day of Pentecost. God does everything in his own timing. And so they had to sit in an upper room and just wait for the Holy Spirit. 
Jesus says, as the Father sent me, I send you. And he breathed on him. He said, the Holy Spirit. They were sitting in that upper room. And guess what? They were afraid. They just saw their, their, their Savior crucified. They think the Jews are coming after them now. And the Romans are coming for them now. It was just a small band of believers that were huddled up in an upper room. They didn't know what was going on. They didn't really even know what they were waiting for. He just said, wait for the power from on high. They didn't know what to do. And then all of a sudden, Acts chapter 2, all of a sudden, like a rushing mighty wind, whoosh, the Spirit of God came. Woo! Look, I want to say this so important today. In your theology, you do not have to wait for the Holy Spirit to come. He has already been poured out. The question is, how much of Him do you want? Are you hungry? If you're not hungry, I'm going to ask you to ask Him to make you hungry. Only the Holy Spirit can make you hungry for God, hungry for Jesus. Only the Holy Spirit. In fact, the Apostle Paul says, nobody can even say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. You can't even say Jesus is Lord, mean it, like believe it, without the Holy Spirit. And for those of you who already have the Holy Spirit, you need more of the Holy Spirit. You need a fresh and filling of the Holy Spirit. This is not a one-time dose. They're sitting in that upper room. The Spirit of God rushing there. They broke out of that upper room. What was the difference between them in the upper room for 40 days and then them in the middle of the street at the big festival of the year where thousands upon thousands of Jews had come from 10 cities surrounding regions coming in for the day of Pentecost? What was different between those, you guys, just like you guys? We're talking about a tax collector. We're talking about a fisherman. We're talking about a political zealot. We're talking about these blue-collar, normal, average Joseph and James in an upper room wondering where the heck did our Savior go? We're in trouble. How, what was the only difference between them there and that, that attitude, that behavior, that posture, and them in the middle of the streets of Jerusalem preaching the first sermon that anybody ever heard anybody preach out of the new church Jesus Christ, and 3,000 people got saved on one sermon. What was the only difference? The Holy Spirit came. Woo! Come on. We're not talking about going to seminary, going to Bible school, getting a theology degree. We're not talking about you going through 16 years of training before you're allowed to tell somebody about Jesus. The only difference between the scaredy cats in the upper room and Peter preaching the boldest sermon, he says, you guys crucified the Lord of glory. Come on. How do you do that? How do you go from shivering in an upper room to standing out in public and rebuking people and saying, you guys crucified the Son of God. You are in trouble. That's pretty much what the sermon was. And they, it says they, cut to the, it says they were cut to the heart. And they cried out, what shall we do? Well, let's see what Peter said to them. Acts chapter 2. Ooh, Josh, worship pastor, where are you? I just flipped my Bible open and it says, Not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord has spoken to the house of Israel. All came to pass. That's what you were just listening just a few minutes ago. God is what? God is faithful. Here we go. 
Today is simply an introduction to hopefully get you hungry for the Holy Spirit. I want to ask you, look, this is not a one-time experience. After they got baptized in the Holy Spirit in that upper room, after that fire came, they, had, they got refilled and then refilled and then refilled again. Next week, I'm going to talk about staying filled with the Holy Spirit. But I'm going to ask you, this month, would you, with me, seek, ask for, pursue, desire the Holy Spirit? I believe just like a couple of years ago when I preached a series on faith as our opening series of the year, and I did not prepare a message for the last Sunday of the year on purpose, because I said, we're going to have so many testimonies of breakthroughs that that Sunday, last Sunday of January, is going to be nothing but testimonies. That was a risk, but I knew it was going to happen. That Sunday, if you remember, we had so many testimonies, we couldn't, know, we couldn't share them all. I believe the same thing is going to happen this month as we seek and pursue and desire and call out for more of the Spirit of God on our church and in our lives. I believe by the end of this month, we're going to have people having dreams and visions. The Spirit of God is going to come upon you. You're going to be baptized. Some of you are going to get your prayer language. You don't have it yet. Some of you have a prayer language that you haven't heard in it in years. That's going to be stirred up again. I believe you're going to experience power, miracles, healings. I believe there's going to be salvations. The Holy Spirit is the one who does all of these things. And the more you desire him, the more he shows up. Do you know that in the book of John, where Jesus sidles up next to a couple of disciples on the road to Emmaus, and they're going to their house. They walk seven miles together. And it says that Jesus opened their understanding to all the scriptures. He said he started at the beginning and went through all the law and the prophets and Moses and explained everything to these two guys. Could you imagine Doing a Bible study with Jesus? Well, you can with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of Jesus Christ. And they got to their house. And it said Jesus was going to walk on. But they urged him, please stay. And so Jesus stayed. And when they broke bread, their eyes were open and they saw that it was Jesus. And then Jesus disappeared. They wanted more. And so Jesus gave them more. He was going to walk by. Don't let Jesus walk by. Another example. A woman. There was a woman in John chapter 4 at the well and you know the encounter if you know the bible john chapter 4 if you don't read that john chapter 4 jesus goes to one of the outcasts of society and he introduces himself as the messiah the first person he introduced himself to as the messiah was to a woman and a woman who was uh, on the fringe of society uh, because of her lifestyle and so jesus reveals himself to her she goes back into the town calls the whole town out the whole town comes out now listen they are in samaria can you imagine what Jesus' disciples were thinking? These were Jews, and Jews touched in Samaria. In fact, to go from one place to the other, they would go around Samaria because they never wanted the soles of their feet to touch the dust of the city of Samaria. They felt the Samarians were spiritually polluted dogs. Jesus goes right into Samaria, and they're following him. They're going, dang, what are we doing? Where's he going? What are we doing? And he's talking to a woman as they went to get food. They come back. He's had a conversation with a woman, which you're not allowed to do. And certainly not a Jewish man talking to a, a Samaritan woman, especially not alone. And they're like, damn, what's going on here? And then all of a sudden, the whole town of Samaritans come out. You can see these disciples. I wish we could just understand their Jewish mentality at that time and how uncomfortable they were. They're like, when can we get out of here? I don't want friends or relatives see me this jesus knows what he does he know these are samaritans what are we doing salvation is for the jews right and then 
they urge him to stay. And so he stays with them for two days. Could you imagine those disciples? They're sitting in one of the Samaritans' houses going, Oh my God, I can't believe we're here. But Jesus came to save, to seek and to save those who are lost. That might be you today. That might be you today. You might be that lost soul that Jesus is coming after. He's speaking to you right now through me. He's calling you to himself. You know, Jesus said on uh, the, the um, great day of the feast, it was the eighth day of a celebration feast. There's thousands of Jews there celebrating. And at the celebration feast, John chapter 7, it says, well, what they would do every day, they'd go to the Pool of Siloam with a pitcher, a gold pitcher, which represented Jesus. They just didn't know that. They'd come to the altar at the temple and they'd pour the water over the altar. They didn't know what the water represented. Everything in the New Testament was types and foreshadows. Well, what it was a type and foreshadow of was Jesus, the pitcher, and the pouring out was the Holy Spirit over the altar. And so on the last day, the great day of the feast, the, the, the pinnacle of the party, it says Jesus stood up and with a loud voice said, any of you who thirst, after 2020, there's some people who are thirsty. Dreams have been shattered, relationships broken. The things you trusted in are gone. You're lost, empty, searching. Jesus says, all of you who thirst, come to religion. Jesus said, all of you who thirst, you need your soul filled with fresh water. Come to, say it out loud, me. me. Jesus says, come to me. And I, and out of your heart will flow rivers. Now, don't let this just be theology to you if you've been a Christian for a long time. You've got to say, Lord, I need a fresh outflowing of the Holy Spirit. I need fresh rivers of living water flowing out of my hard heart. I want to be filled with the Spirit. I want to hear your voice clear this year. I want to be empowered by you this year. I want to heal the sick this year. I want to see my friends saved this year. God, use me. Well, if you have that kind of hunger, that kind of desire, that kind of a cry, the Spirit of God is going to start visiting you in special ways. Jesus said, if you thirst, come after me. And rivers, not a river, rivers of living water will flow out of your heart. And then it says, this he was speaking of the Holy Spirit who had not been given yet because Jesus had not yet been glorified. Meaning Jesus had not yet been crucified and paying the price for our sins. Had not risen from the dead yet. But once that happened, what's the whole point? What's the whole point of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ? Was so that God could pour out His Spirit on all flesh. That's the whole point. That's why we need to call out for the Holy Spirit. We were never need God to live like a willpower and human effort alone. A failure. That is a plan for failure and demise. You and I cannot serve God out of human zeal. It's Holy Spirit fire. That's why I call for the Holy Spirit. You can ask my kids. They see me praying and in the Word all the time. It's not because I'm a pastor. It's not because I'm holy. It's because I have such a propensity from my heart to grow hard like that bowl of clay, just like yours. I know that about 
myself. I know I won't love Jesus with fire in my heart unless the Holy Spirit produces it. That's why Paul says, God sheds abroad in your heart His love by the Holy Spirit. And so, Acts chapter 2. I told you we were going to go there a while ago. Here we are. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. Some of you need to be cut to the heart today. Some of you have shame from sin. And it's just become, well, I guess this is, you know, it's not a big deal. It is a big deal. Why? It's quenching the Holy Spirit. When you live in habitual, unrepentant of sin, it's literally like taking a bucket of water and pouring it on a campfire. But the great news is God will forgive you, like right now, immediately, if you repent and turn. Do you know Jesus, of Peter's message, they said, what shall we do? The first thing Peter says is repent. Repent is a beautiful thing. It's not a bad thing. It's not a dirty word. It's the opening, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Repent means to turn around. In other words, I've been living my own life, my own way, my, my own willpower. I'm in control, living independently from God. That's what Adam and Eve did. That was the lie they bought from the very beginning. Satan said, your life will be much better if you stay away from God. And they bought that lie. And they turned and they lived their own life. And they broke the relationship with the Lord. Peter says, turn around. Stop living your independent life and yield your life fully to Jesus. That's what repent means. Once you yield your life, the control of your life, and give the lordship of your life to Jesus Christ, he says, that's when your sins are forgiven. Repentance isn't asking Jesus to forgive you for his sins. Repentance is turning around. Then you receive forgiveness of your sins and you're cleansed. And then you know the next thing that happens? He reads his spirit in you. And His Spirit comes upon you. I'm going to come to a close with this. And we're going to read the Scripture. I want you to catch the difference here. Of these two operations of the Holy Spirit. Because we're going to be in this all month long. We're going to get thirsty. We're going to get hungry. And we're going to get filled. The Holy Spirit is in you for you. The Holy Spirit comes on you for others. We say that with me, say the Holy Spirit is in me for me, but it's on me for you. <laughs> Remember the Holy Spirit, Jesus is God. He was born of the Spirit, it says. So the Spirit was in Jesus from, you know, conception. But the Spirit didn't come on him until he was 30 years old. When John saw the Spirit come upon him like a dove come down from heaven, and Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me now. And that's when he started doing all of his miracles. The Spirit of the Lord on Jesus wasn't for Jesus, but it was for the people around Jesus to destroy the works of the devil. Come on, we got to see more healings, more deliverances, more freedom, cracking depression, all the stuff that we've seen from 2020. Jesus is stronger than all of it. So the Holy Spirit is in you with the fruit of the Spirit of love and joy and peace and faithfulness and kindness and goodness and temperance and self-control. All the stuff in the character of Christ is in you by the Holy Spirit. But the Spirit of God comes upon you. He says to the disciples, you said, He already breathed on them. In John chapter 20, I'm trying to come to a close here. In John chapter 20, He already breathed on them and received the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit went into them and they were born again. But then he said, don't leave until you see the power from on high. A completely separate operation of the Holy Spirit for a completely separate purpose. 
Come on. And they waited and they waited and they waited. They didn't know what they were waiting for. We do now that we can look back. But now it's our turn. Now it is our turn. And there is zero difference between the early disciples getting baptized in the Holy Spirit in that upper room and us sitting in this park today or you sitting on your couch at home or in your car, wherever you are. We now are the vessels available for the Holy Spirit to fill and empower so that we now, in His name, can destroy the works of the devil. And I'm going to close with this scripture right here. Acts chapter 2. He says this. They said, what must we do? We want a life change. We got to... We got to turn around. I'm cut to the heart, man. I need a life change. You might be a believer and you need a life change. You've gotten, you've gotten lethargic and bored in Christianity. When's the last time you shared your faith? When's the last time you prayed for somebody to be healed? When's the last time you spoke in tongues? When's the last time I prophesied through you to help somebody else? That's why you're bored. When people say to me, you know, I, I, I'm not getting, I'm, I'm bored or you're, you're not preaching meat anymore. I like what John Wimber used to say. The meat is in the street. I, I say to people that say they're bored with Christianity, who's following you? Who are you discipling? Who are you praying for? Who's depending on you spiritually? Jesus did not call you to be a lake. He called you to be a river. That's how you get the river to flow. That's why the river's flowing through me right now. Then Peter said to them, let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the Holy Spirit. Spirit. That's the whole point. Now here's the promise. For the promise is to you and to your children. Come on, those of you who have kids, do you want your kids baptized in the Holy Spirit? Do you want them having encounters with Jesus? It only happens by the Holy Spirit. Do you want them hearing the voice of God? Only by the Holy Spirit. You want their hearts on fire for Jesus? Only by the Holy Spirit. Here's your promise right here. I stand on this and I pray this all the time. God right here says, I get the Holy Spirit. I've got him. Praise the Lord. But you also said my children get the Holy Spirit. Get him, God. That's, my, that's how I do it. That's how I pray. Get him, God. And to all who are far off, as many as the Lord will call. Is the Lord calling you? Yes, he is. He says, though you could be so far away from him in your own mind. He says, but the, the Holy Spirit is for you for your children, and for all those who are far off, as many as the Lord will call. The Lord wants to pour His Holy Spirit on you today. If you want to start this year with a fresh influence of the Holy Spirit, would you stand right where you are, stand on your feet? You that are home want a fresh influence of the Holy Spirit, you can stand right there. That's okay. Don't feel silly. This is about you showing God that you are dependent, desperate, needy you want more of him if you've never experienced the holy spirit you don't even know what i'm talking about yet i've done my best to explain it to you but until you experience the holy spirit these are just words but once you open yourself up and be humble yourself and say i need the power of god he's going to begin to come upon you and i want to say two things there one the first thing you have to do is come to jesus you can't have the holy spirit unless you give yourself to the son of god and I mean like a tippy-toe. I mean, you got to be all in. you got to say to him, I am repenting. I am turning around and I am Jesus, my Lord. You now take control of my life. I am yours. And that moment you do that, Jesus is not going to half-step or hesitate because he died on the cross for you to be able to do that. Once you do that, 
Then he will forgive you of all your sins. He will breathe his spirit on you and you'll become a son or a daughter of God. The second thing I want to say. If you don't get a shake and bake when we pray this prayer. Don't don't be deceived and think that God didn't hear you and the Holy Spirit isn't paying attention to you. Because the Holy Spirit is spirit. And sometimes you don't feel it in your physical body, but your spirit is drinking it in. And what I found, like I just came off a four day prayer retreat, you tell. And and look, I didn't feel much for the two or three, four days I was there. I really didn't. But I tell you what, as I was driving away and waking up the next morning, I felt an innocence. I felt a restoration of innocence. There was some ripping and tearing that took place last year, but I'm telling you what, it's healed up. I'm new, man. I'm fresh. That's the Holy Spirit. It's a saturation. When you pray in the morning, you're not going to feel... Don't, 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 don't think you're not getting the Holy Spirit or experiencing Him. It's, it's a gradual thing. I'm telling you what, if this year, if you start right now saying, I want more of the Holy Spirit, and then tonight, read the Word of God. Tomorrow morning, get in the Word of God. In the afternoons, get in the Word of God. In the evenings, get in the Word of God. Say to the Lord, I'm driving down the road. God, I want you. I need you. God, I'm, I'm do this with me all month long. And you're going to start, some of you are going to have some encounters. But for the most part, your heart's going to start changing. You're going to start getting soft. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Gifts are going to start coming to the surface. In fact, I'm going to ask uh, Mark, come on up here with me. And, uh, also, uh, Mark Nelson, uh, our newest elder, which we have not installed yet. Let, let's let's do that next Sunday. We install Mark next Sunday, Mark? Okay. Let's look at Mark Nelson up here. He's one of our newest elders. And uh, we've been waiting for us to install him. I'm working as an elder behind the scenes uh, we're gonna lay hands on him install him next sunday at the lexus building that's better than a park right you want to be installed at the lexus building or a park? Lexus. all right can i get a new car okay now we're not going to do we're not going to do breakout groups today we decided that we don't want to lose this moment right here that i anticipated right here i want us to shift chairs and start talking i want us to receive and Mark's going to begin to prophesy over people. Mark's going to start praying for people to be physically healed. We're going to pray for a release of the Holy Spirit on you at home as well, or wherever you are. So let's just raise our hands and receive this. Teenagers, there's no junior Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit as desperate as anybody else. Because you got friends that are lost. You don't even know what to say to them. Be afraid. You can be afraid like Peter, sitting up in that upper room. He's like, I don't want to tell my friends about Jesus. When the Holy Spirit fills you and comes upon you, he's not going to like... Thing. But I'm going to tell you, you're going to experience the uh, boldness to share to share the Lord. So just start calling out to the Holy Spirit right now. Come on, just start crying out. Just say, Lord, I need you. Holy Spirit, come. Come on. Fill you up like that vessel full of water. Josh, you want to come up here and begin to fill this park with some worship. And let's just start welcoming the Holy Spirit. Lord, Holy Spirit, you are welcome in the Gathering Place Church. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Fill up my heart. Fill us up. Fill up our hearts. Fill up our spirits. Fill up our minds. And come upon us by the power of your Holy Spirit. All right, if you want more of the Holy Spirit, you want a fresh baptism, you just move where you are and come on up front here. Move where you are and come on up front here. Jesus said this so often. The, one, the, the dude had a arm, and Jesus said, stretch out your arm. 
Another guy. He said, stand up. A paralyzed guy. The lepers, he said, go show yourself to Christ. When you make a move, even with you at home, if you're standing there at home, just take one step forward. It's your way of saying, Jesus, I'm moving from where I've been in 2020 spiritually, and I'm moving forward. Just take one step and say, I want more of you, Jesus. Now, again, you may or may not have experienced anything in your flesh, but you are in your spirit, and Jesus is watching you. As John was speaking, the Lord spoke a phrase to me, and um, it's for this morning. Um, we receive by faith, not That's good, Mark. We receive more of him by an act of belief. The feelings follow the faith. The faith doesn't follow the feelings. So the fact that you stood up and came forward is a statement of faith. First of all, you said, that's me. I need, I need more of And that was a decision that you made. You're acting faith to come and receive. Feelings follow the faith, but the faith decision is paramount. I don't, I don't know you very well if at all so can we can I start prophesying over you great <laughs> Lord says new hope new hope he's placing a uh, a line on the ground front of you and he's welcoming you to step across that line the line is the division between <laughs> the pain of the past and the hope of the future he said as you step across that line by my act not by yours the Lord says by my act not by yours I am going to supernaturally separate you from the pain of the past. It is going to come as a shock to you. Because for longer than you can count, more years than you can add up, you've had an, an abiding pain, sense of loss, that you've struggled hard to overcome. Lord says, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of your efforts. But he says, it isn't going to be about your efforts anymore. You're going to be surprised. All of a sudden, you're going to realize, where's the pain? that I've lived with I can't find it's gone won't be by your work you've struggled with it but now he's going to remove it be like going from black and white to color television <laughs> be that kind of shock like wow this is great and the first fear you will have is 
Will this last? And the enemy is going to say, no, this is just a feeling. This is just a moment. So God's telling you now, no, it's going to last. As far as the east is from the west, so separate your past from your present and your future. So it's a promise. You can take it to the bank. So Mark, I'm going to apply that to everybody. I was going to say this before then. Praise the Lord. That resonate with you? Uh, oh, yeah. We got our first, oh, yeah, 2020. Right All right, if you have sin in your life and you've been, met, you've been messing around with it, turn from it right now. Just turn from it. Say, Lord, I'm laying that down. Forgive me. I'm letting it go. Forgive him for your sins. Give him a, a clean palate, a clean slate that he can write on, a clean vessel that he can fill with his Holy Spirit. Gary and Kathy Mancini, if you guys come up, I want you guys to pray for people for a, for a, a prayer language. If you've got a prayer language i don't mean being able to speak in other tongues in first corinthians chapter uh 12 and 14 it talks about the gift of speaking in other tongues and it's a spirit language i speak in tongues like all the time because your spirit is praying to god and so it's strange. at times i've been stuck i've been depressed i've been discouraged or i've been fearful i start to pray in the spirit it says you build yourself up on your most holy faith when you pray in the holy spirit different times it's like literally less than a minute sometimes maybe 15 minutes how strong it is and i just by praying in other tongues so if you do not have the ability to pray in other tongues supernatural prayer language why don't you come over to gary and kathy over here this is one of the gifts god's given to them they're going to pray for you to receive that and uh you're just going to lay hands at a distance in the bible there's places where the spirit of god fell on people without even being touched it happened to them in the upper room it happened as Peter was preaching a sermon, and the Spirit of God came on this group of people, and they began to speak in tongues and prophesy. Nobody even laid hands on them. You just migrate over to Gary and Kathy here, and they're just going to reach their hands out and pray over you with the Holy Spirit. Amen. There's a bunch of us this who have been with fear, and the Lord says this coming year will be a year of freedom from fear, a whole new freedom oh, from look at fear. This. This is my this is my sermon for today, by the way. It's all the scribble on a notepad. And then began in my hotel room. Look at number one, 2021, the Lord said to me. No fear. No fear. <laughs> well, let's take that as a confirmation, right? So uh, if you had been struggling with fear, and I have, uh, and you want deliverance from that fear, and it's a, it's the deliverance. It's not just thinking different. That's, Mark. It's, That's right. It's having the spiritual authority, yeah. the knowledge of your own spiritual authority to be able to use that spirit of fear and say, no, you're just a spirit. This isn't me talking. This isn't, the, you're playing, your feelings, the spectrum feelings are a piano. And you're sitting down to play something beautiful and somebody sneaks in and starts banging on the keys in the middle of your song. It's not you playing those keys. Somebody came up and banging on the keys. Yeah. Fear is banging on the keys. It's the enemy coming to attempt to ruin the song and distort it and take it off in another direction, ruin the rhythm, make it awkward. You have the right to say you can't play in my piano. Yeah. Amen. I, I this one so anybody who's struggling with inordinate fear if you'll come over this area 